Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast for your school library, public library, whatever kind of library. My name is uh, Lucas Maxwell and I'm the librarian at Glanthorne High School here in South London. And this is just some this is just me rambling for twenty minutes about things that work for me, things that I've tried, things that don't work, me ranting sometimes about things. Um, hopefully it's useful. I don't know if it is. I don't know if this is useful. Um, that's me yelling into the ether. Um, that's me looking in the mirror every morning going, this, is this, am I use, (laughs) what use do I serve? (laughs) What is my purpose? Um, that's it. Um, what I'm going to talk to you today, no surprise, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, um, I've been running these sessions in the library lessons, so the, 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 um, the podcast, just before this one, I talked about library lessons, where we do uh, library lessons for years uh, 7, 8, and 9, so that's ages 11, 12, and 13, and I've been running these little mini Dungeons and Dragons sessions for um, the year 8s recently. And I feel like they've been a big success, so I'm going to share how I've done it. Um, how do you run a library lesson Dungeons and Dragons program? Um, why am I doing it? Basically, um, well, because even students who've never heard of D and D can get involved um, by you know in this collaborative kind of engaging way, and they can do some creative writing. They can be with their friends. They can have play a game, have fun in library lesson. Um, I think. My advice is that you could probably spend two hours doing this. So our library lessons are only an hour long, but I think you could spend two hours doing it easily. But this is how I've run it this week. Um, I've, I handed everything the students need. This included, includes dice, and this is tricky because there may be temptation of students to play with the dice, and that can be distracting and noisy. So far, fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever you say to keep your superstitions going. Um, <laughs> uh, they have not been so bad with the dice. I just put them in the middle and say, please don't touch. And then just you will get a chance to use them. Just wait. And they do. They have been waiting. Um, this includes uh, 1D20, 20-sided dice, the biggest dice you can have. A D8, which is like two pyramids kind of stuck together. D6, which is a standard regular dice you've used in Monopoly and whatever other games, and a D4, which looks like a triangle. It's a very strange one. Um, and the, the uh, something I didn't anticipate, the students always ask, sir, how do we know um, when you roll the D4, what number do you look at? Because it is a weird, it rolls very funny. It's a, it's a literal triangle. Um, when you roll a D4, it's the number that is upright. So I know it's, and it's not obvious, really, I guess. Um, and uh, I never even thought of it. So um, I like that the student asked that question because I always clear it with everyone. So I give students um, a pre-made character sheet. Now this is a streamlined D&D character sheet. This is not a regular D&D character sheet because my goal is to make it less overwhelming, especially for students who maybe struggle with reading, struggle with comprehension, struggle with processing information. Um, I, I do all this stuff. I don't let them create a character right away only because of time. I should. I initially was like they're going to make their own characters. I I do give them options to create things, but I I'm not giving them an option to sit and uh, try to decide what class to choose. They get to choose their race: um, human, halfling, dragonborn, uh, gnome, 
elf. Um, I'll kind of make it pretty pretty straightforward. Um, and I put them into groups of four or five. Less is better. Um, but I, like I said, I, I just tell this. I tell so each table, each group of four or five represents one character. Um, and I tell them, you are the barbarian, you are the bard, you are the rogue, you are the wizard, you are the fighter. Um, I just do that. I don't um, give them because it's too much of them going, I want to be this and I want to be that. And it was it got too chaotic. So I just stopped that. <laughs> I just ended it. Um, so these are the steps that I run through. Um, step one, I ask them to choose a race and I give them the sheet. Every group has a sheet with the races explained. And all of this stuff is – I'll put this in the in the notes. All of this is free to download. I've created homemade D&D-style sheets, character sheets, dyx, dyslexic-friendly character sheets, along with other things. Um, and I get them to spend three minutes, okay? And I'm timing this strict, very – in a strict way <laughs> because it is tricky. Um, time is of the essence. I give them three minutes. You can reduce that to two if you want to choose a race and create a name for their character. It should not take them that long, but you will find it does. They argue a little bit over the name. They sometimes argue over the race. But um, what I'm doing is letting them sit with their friends. You know, they're not with groups that they're not really getting along with, uh, stuff like that. Um, I want this to be fun. This is the whole point. I want them to be fun and do some creative writing, really around gothic literature. This is tying into the curriculum. Um, I then get them to roll for their hit points. So they get to do that. Um, they roll a sticks, sticks, a six-sided dice um, three times and add the total up. This is not how you normally calculate hit points in Dungeons & Dragons. I do not care. This is for fun. This is them to learn the idea of... D&D is about rolling dice. D&D is about creativity. D&D is about um, rolling a d20 to determine your fate and being with your friends. I don't care that this is not the right, the quote-unquote right way. Um, this should take 30 seconds. I then get to the, their hit points is their health points. This is how much health um, they're going to have. Yes, there's a, uh, there's a chance they could have three hit points, but that's fine. That will make it more fun. I don't let anybody die in this little adventure. Step three, I get them to roll for their armor class. That is how, how you know, hard is it to hit them with things? Um, they get to roll an eight-sided dice three times. Uh, yes, there is a chance that they will have a high armor class, and that is okay. I don't care about that either. Um, step four, now again, that takes 30 seconds. I stop them and there's a lot of stopping and starting, but this stuff is projected on the screen. This stuff is put on the whiteboard. This is, is told them. So told to them. So it's not too difficult, but it is, it is, um, there is a lot of stopping and starting. That's the only thing. Um, this is the fun one. Step four, determine how much gold they get. So they roll the triangle. They roll the four-sided dice, the D4. Um, and they, they roll that three times. They add up the total, and then they multiply it by 10. Again, that should not take very long. Again, there's a little bit of maths here, which they get to do, if, especially if, care, if students enjoy that kind of thing. They get to tally that up. Then they get to determine their character's strength, how strong they are, and how smart they are. Uh, this is the same for both stats. They get to roll a four-sided dice two times. They add up the total, and they subtract one from the total. Again, there is a chance that they will have a bonus of one for strength and intelligence. Again, that is fine. Step six, I have given them 
six questions about I want them to answer about their character. This is when they come into some creative writing. Um, so what are the questions? The questions are things like, um, what is your character afraid of? What does your character want to achieve in life? What is your character's um, favorite possession? Uh, what is your character? Where's your character been? You know, things like that. Um, one sec, and I'll um, I'll get them to take five minutes to answer that. Okay, I want them to. Then there's a section on their thing on their character sheet to um, to write this stuff down. So that is um, a way for them. What does your character dislike? What makes your character angry? Um, you know, it's basic things like that. And you can do two things if you want. What, you know, what do they? You don't need to. Um, you don't need to have all those. You know, it's not the end of the world um, if you don't have all of them. Um, but those are the things that I get them to do. Um, that takes about five minutes, roughly. We used up about ten minutes of the lesson. Right. Um, I want. I then ask if any groups would like to describe their characters. I'm not forcing them to do it. Um, we had some amazing one, uh, like um, uh, there was a gnome wizard. His name was Beans. He was very suspicious of authority, and he loved toast. This might take a few minutes if you get all of your groups wanting to do it. I mean, I want them to be as funny and weird as <laughs> as, as possible. Um, with the remaining, whatever, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, we run the adventure, okay? I read them this thing. This is all included, again, in this pack thing that I created. You find yourself on a muddy, uneven road. Thick mist surrounds you. On either side of the road, you see a dark forest. You would not have come to this miserable place were it not for your friends, the Bly family. The Blys have asked you to investigate their house, a manor known as Hollow House. Our students, um, uh, there is a riddle on the door, okay, when they get to the door. Uh, I think some of our students struggled with the riddle, so I would get them to roll a d20, add their intelligence bonus, and they can get a hint. So the riddles are pretty straightforward, um, but uh, I shouldn't say they're easy, but some are easier than others, and um, some groups struggled, struggled with them. Um, I have three different riddles that they can do. And these are all included in the uh, in the pack. I keep saying that, but it's not like I'm charging money for this thing. Um, but um, the answers to the riddles are included, and you can give little hints if you want to. Um, the riddles are things like, if you drop me, I'm sure to crack. Give me a smile, and I'll smile back. So the idea is they go to the door. The door has a riddle engraved on it. There is a face carved onto the door. And the riddle's there as well, or maybe the face says the riddle. And if they say mirror, the door opens. That's the correct answer. If you want to make it a little harder, you can do riddle number two, which is what has no, what has cities but no houses, forests but no trees, and water but no fish. The answer is the map. Um, the third riddle is often held but never touched, always wet but never rusts, often bites but seldom bit. To use me well, you must have wit, and that is tongue, of course. If they say an answer and it is wrong... They are blown back off the the stairs as the um, as the face either breathes fire or blows wind, whatever you want to do. You can get them to roll the d20 and add their strength bonus, which they have determined on their character sheet. So they're all given a character sheet, and if they roll under 12, 
then you can roll whatever dice you want to say how much damage they've taken as they go tumbling off the step the steps <laughs> um and it's a lot of fun to to get them i get them all each group a chance to solve the riddle or riddles and these are all riddles that, again they're supposed to be related to kind of to gothic literature um this dark forbidding uh, house um this this muddy misty road um but if they finally enter the house i say the door opens with a creak and you find yourself in a dark dusty room Purple curtains hang from grimy windows. Lightning flashes outside. A writing desk sits in the middle of the room. The walls are otherwise covered in bookshelves. From somewhere, eerie music is playing along with the sound of dripping water. And a large treasure chest sits in the corner. Um, if they run up, which they will do, um, my players, and they wanted to um, pick up the chest and throw it against the wall for some reason... And when they did that, they tried to, but they dropped it on their foot and did one damage. When they open it, it's full of bats. So another gothic kind of tie-in. Um, I can get them to roll a d20 and add their strength bonus to see if they can dodge out of the way. If they roll a 15 or higher, they jump out of the way. Um, but if they roll below 15, they take three points of piercing damage from the bats as they escape the chest. And you can describe this, how the bats fly into their hair, break windows, cause havoc, create a lot of noise. Um, if they decide to scan the bookshelf or listen to the music, if they roll an intelligence check, roll a d20, add their intelligence bonus, they can notice that um, of the books lined on the shelves, there's one book in particular that stands out and it has a bright yellow cover and looks as, it's a, as if it's about to fall from the shelf. And when they interact with the book, they realize it's not a book at all, but a lever. And pulling the lever makes the entire bookshelf opening, re revealing another room, even larger. Um, and when they enter this room, the music becomes louder and they feel a rush of air behind them as the door slams shut behind them and they are trapped. Now, to get out, they must unravel a, a puzzle hidden in a series of paintings. So I tell them, this is a large gallery filled with seven paintings of different creatures. Another sign hangs in the middle of the room, and it reads, Count on your enemies and speak the answer aloud. Um, right, so I have a handout, handout for them. The paintings display this. There are seven paintings. Painting one has one vulture. Painting two has three dragons. Painting three has one minotaur. Painting four has two apes. Painting um, five has five zombies. Painting six has six spiders. Painting seven has five snakes. The players must work out that if they look at the number of creatures in the painting and then count into the names that will reveal the letter. For example, painting number two has three dragons. The third letter in the word dragon is A. There are five zombies. The fifth letter in the word zombie is I, and so on. Once they have all their letters, they will then need to rearrange them to spell a word. And the word, my friends, is vampire. Again, gothic literature, gothic setting. Um, if the players need help with this, they can roll an intelligence check, add their intelligence bonus, and if they get a 12 or higher, you can tell them that the number of creatures in each painting is important. If they roll even higher, like 17, you can say the number of creatures in each painting is important and you should use that number to determine which letter of the creature's name to investigate. Once the players have the answer 
and they say the word vampire out loud. You can read the following. Mist begins to fill the room. It becomes hard to see. A dark figure glides effortlessly towards you from the corner. He says, you have broken into my home uninvited and have disturbed my rest. You're real pain in the neck and the vampire flies forward and attacks now um you have two options here you can let each group roll a d20 and record the result and you can write this result down on a flip chart which they can see and that's the turn order the turn order simply goes in the highest d20 roll to the lowest they will enjoy doing this um this will be an opportunity for them to use their weapons which i'm sure that they will enjoy um how to use their weapons are explained step by step on their character cards I have given this vampire 45 hit points. I've given this vampire an armor class of 15, so they have to roll 15 or higher to hit it. On its turn, the vampire can either bite a player, try to bite a player, or charm a player. Um, I will say, if you successfully bite a player, you should play up the fact that they feel odd. They feel ill. Their skin becomes pale. They're going to turn into a vampire by the end of this thing, okay? Or they can charm it. They won't like this, <laughs> but um, I should notice that note that we didn't get to this point yet. They've got to the point where they've met the vampire and then the lesson ended. So, yes, this is why it takes two lessons. Um, vampire stares at a player, his eyes glowing red. The player must roll a d20 and add their intelligence bonus. If the number's below 13, the player's charmed by the vampire. It must spend its turn doing whatever the vampire asks it, attacking another player, rearranging the books on the bookshelf, dusting the paintings, doing something silly, um, hoovering out the coffin, um, removing all garlic from the house, anything. Um, the vampire can also climb up walls and ceilings. Um, you don't need a map or a mini or a, you know mini figures or anything like that, but you can just you should be describing this in great detail. Um, once the vamp, once the players reduce the vampire's health to ten or below, they'll disappear in a puff of smoke, laughing that he will have his revenge. They'll notice that something's been left behind. It appears to be a menu or a pamphlet advertising the inn called the Usher, and this is a reference to the inn the Bly family is staying at. Perhaps, allu perhaps alluding to the fact that the Blys have something to hide, or perhaps that the vampire is simply going to the Usher to seek out their, his revenge for some reason. You can leave this as a cliffhanger. Um, you, if things are moving slowly, you can make the vampire disappear once everyone has had a turn, or you can skip the bats coming out of the chest or just jump straight into the riddle room. I really hope that, you know, this is a, a fun experience for people. I, From my experience, they loved it. They loved... So my whole thing was, like, the creative writing aspect. In addition, if you have time, which you probably won't, but... I have books on display, gothic books around that they're re some of them are reading for their class readers in like for English. My Sword Hand is Singing by Marcus Sedgwick, can't recommend that enough. Um, uh, Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Um, I think they're also one group's reading Ruby and the Smoke. But there are great, funny, that I've kind of based this off of a comic book called Ham Helsing, which is a comic book about a pig who hunts vampires. Um, and he's terrible at it. I mean, based is a strong word, but it's basically like. He's this hapless adventurer who doesn't really know what he's doing. He has these equally clueless friends, and they go into this um, castle house to kill this thing. It's also loosely, loosely based on um, The Curse of Strahd, um, the, the adventure where players at the beginning find what that's called the death house. It's very dark, but they meet two ghost children outside who lure them into a house. 
to try to kill them because they're um, uh, their family is part of a horrible cult. But you don't need to do anything with that with eleven year olds. Um, but this is a way for them to work together to solve riddles, work together to solve puzzles, do some creative writing, learn about what gothic settings are like. And that's really the deal is that this is what a gothic setting is. It's dark. It's mysterious. It's scary. There are these types of monsters. There's these types of feelings associated with gothic uh, literature. Um, But there's tons of great, really scary... Barrington Stoke um, has an absolute ton of cool... So does Badger Learning. If you want to Google those, they have a ton of really short, really quick um, and scary horror uh, books out there. Um, And in my head when I made this, I had students who really struggled in my head, like students who struggled to read, students who struggled with comprehension. I wanted it to be fun, quick way to say, you know, you you don't need to say I love D&D. You don't need to even this. You don't even need to call this Dungeons and Dragons. Um, But this has been my experience with it. And it's been a lot of fun. So I hope that is useful. Um, Again, I'll put the link to it in the in the notes there. And hopefully you can make use of it. Uh, Everything's there. I've I've created a whole thing for you to use for free. Um, everything I do really is for free. So hopefully that's useful. Take care and I'll talk to you later. Bye.